Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Juan Chronicles. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. I will not be drinking wine on this um, <laughs> this particular episode because I am doing this at a time where I just wanted to talk about um, a subject that most people really don't want to admit that they do and also it's kind of hard to identify when you self-sabotage so that's what we will be talking about and I can't wait to talk about it also that song that I just played at the beginning I like that song it's called Selfish by Gray Area I don't know them I haven't listened to any of their music that was my first time hearing that song but I will be going on Apple Music and listening or Spotify to be specific because my podcasts are also available on Spotify, but um, I will be listening to them. But so on the subject of self-sabotage, I was reading a couple articles because I like to, um, well, reading a couple little posts because I like to get different views on self uh, on that. And I want to see like, you know, I want to see the, the after you identify self with self-sabotaging and then I want to see okay how do I prevent myself from doing this again so self-sabotage is when you are hindering yourself from doing or progressing and I didn't I'm not using the exact definition but I will give you the exact definition because I think it'll be a little bit easier for you to kind of get a feel of what you're doing if you're doing this so self-sabotage is when we actively or passively take steps to prevent ourselves from reaching our goals this behavior can affect nearly every aspect of life be it a relationship a career goal or a personal goal such as weight loss and i can say i self-sabotage on let's see that was four different things um two three out of four of those (laughs) and we can is I'm not ashamed of self sabotaging. Matter of fact, my the number one thing that you can identify with that is if you procrastinate. And procrastination is my biggest flaw. I will sit on the couch and have a million things to do, and I literally would just sit on the couch and not do nothing. Like I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna put it off, put it off, put it off to the very last minute or till I don't have like a say so at all in getting this done and I will end up you know rushing and then I'll end up being stressed out about it and you know it all falls on myself because I had ample time to do this but I just literally thought that not doing it would just suffice you know so whenever you have a self-sabotaging behavior um Basically, that would be you keep away from what you desire most in life. So I will say an example of me, like I love to make music. Like I absolutely 
love creating songs. I can do it all day at home. I can just like listen to a beat and just start getting so excited to just put together a melody. But the way that I self-sabotage is I will just put it off. Like I've had, I have so many opportunities where I can just get with people and make good music. But instead, I just don't want to do it. I won't do it. Matter of fact, I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit. I will do it for, I get, maybe like, I give it like two weeks of me being consistent. And after that two weeks is up, like, then I, I just start getting bored of it or... It's a it's a lot of day to day. I ha- that means I have to put on clothes today. That means if I wasn't doing, if I didn't have anything planned, and let's say I had to go to the studio, I make plans to go to the studio, or I can go to the studio whenever I want, and I could be like, um, I could either go to the studio or I could sit at home and not be out of my comfort zone so that's the problem that I have like that's something that I would really like to do but I procrastinate and not do it because I have that option to not do it and then I also have and with that option I have you know never having any music out or let anybody hear a song that I've created in this entirety because all I have is just like beat words and it's not mixed, it's not full, it's not perfected, and I just stop at, okay, well, I went in there twice, and then that's it, like, I have nothing else to give, (laughs) it just takes so much out of me, and I'm working on that, Um, so one of the key reasons people self-sabotage is a lack of self-esteem, and that one hits you whenever you think about that, like, dang, I don't have I don't have, you know, enough self-esteem to continue out my my um, plans or things that I want to do. I don't have enough self-esteem or a lack of energy for myself to keep doing that. So that's one of those very, very powerful um, key reasons you would self-sabotage. Uh it can be many different causes, but the effects are the same. Feeling of self, a feeling of worthlessness, um, the belief that you don't deserve success, and even self hatred. So that's like, wow, okay, self hatred. We couldn't deep just a little bit. Um, some people self sabotage because it makes them feel in control of their situations. Boom. Like I was just saying. I said, I can either go to the studio or I can stay at home. So I choose to stay at home. So I feel I'm in control of if I can do one or the other. Nine times out of ten that one of the other is going to be staying at home. If I really don't want, if I really just feel like this is the easiest thing for me, I don't want to go outside of my comfort zone, this is going to be a hard step to take. I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be like, I, I'm not nervous at home, so why am I taking myself out of this situation so I can just be nervous somewhere and I, I can, you know, easily avoid that situation? So, yes, you self-sabotage because it make you feel like you 
are in control of your situation. Um, also, another thing, uh, these things I'm reading off of mind tools and I'm just giving feedback off of, you know, the what I'm reading. Everything I'm reading for the first time. Um, so I'm very, like, everything that's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, dang, I got to admit that, but that is correct. Self-sabotage means you take actions against yourself. You stop yourself from achieving the goals you want, drive away the relationships you want, and convince yourself you don't want what you actually do want. You could sum up self-sabotage as working against yourself. Isn't that a crying shame that you would be fighting yourself? So I always say whenever somebody is, whenever I have an issue with somebody, or whenever somebody like put their problems onto you, those are inner conflicts. So they always lash out on other people if you really are battling something in your in you internally. So self sabotage can get you to lash out on other people because you're lashing out at yourself and you just can't express it the way you want to. So the only way that you can express that is you lashing out on other people or putting that on to somebody else. So that's not good in a relationship. A relationship with a significant other, a family member, a friend, co-workers, anything is not a good um, uh, attribute in a relationship. And that was from Harley Therapy UK um, with the what self sabotaging looks like. So, um, so we're gonna go on to that was self. So you are self sabotaging. I use that for myself. So relationships. I that's one of the ones that I don't um, feel like I self sabotaging at, but I could. But I don't see myself doing that. So self sabotaging. What causes that behavior in relationships? One of the main reasons why people sabotage their relationship is fear of intimacy people are afraid of intimacy when they fear emotional or physical closeness with other people this is from verywellmind.com so if you listening to me say this if you feel like this is you you know i can feel like what can you change i can give you that um feedback of what you can change from that so you meet someone new you on a date you have a connection time goes on you know and it was great you stop replying to their texts right away you cancel dates you avoid talking about taking the next step and you're you you know you make the other person frustrated, disappointed, and anger, angry about your situation. And then you break off the relationship. Does this sound like self-sabotaging? <clears throat> it is. You criticize and are you self are you sabotaging your relationship? You criticize everything they do. You have sex with other people. You are jealous and paranoid. You always have an eye on the exit. Come on now, if it, if you are in a relationship, you're doing this or this is being done to you, this is self-sabotaging at its best. This is a form of fear, being fearful of intimacy. And you are trying because you got into a relationship so you can say you was trying, but 
yourself, that inner conflict you're having with yourself. So whether whether it's self-esteem, which we already pinpointed that it is, it has something to do with self-esteem, which that is not a bad thing, but it's something that you can work on and it's something that can be um, improved. So your self-esteem can be improved. Um, causes of... <clears throat> Um, why this happens in relationships. So, every person has a different past. So, parenting, childhood, teenage years, the first serious relationships all have an effect on the way you are now. So, you really have to dig deep. So, what happened in the past or in the past of your significant other that is giving you this um, these signs of self-sabotage or what has happened with you if you're the one that's self-sabotaging. What happened in the past that is making you react this way to people around you, to yourself? Everyone wants and needs intimacy. So it's we're saying fear of intimacy. So you're afraid of intimacy when they fear emotional or physical closeness with other people. Everyone wants and needs intimacy, but in people with certain experiences, intimacy may be linked to negative rather than positive experiences, leading to a push and pull type of behavior that leads to relationship, breakup, or avoidance. So push and pull. Let me emphasize the push and pull. Push and pull means somebody wants you to give that emotional connection or someone wants you to have that emotional connection with them but you are pulling away from them as they are trying to push or you know come to you you're just pushing away you know it can be either way so that is you saying I don't want to get too close because I also don't trust or I don't see this going anywhere, but it's always that that fear of or that thought of, well, it's going to end a bad way, so let me just not get too close. Or you keep your walls up. You keep yourself guarded. So if it's a childhood trauma, so your fear of int- intimacy typically comes from a difficult or abusive parental uh, relationship and childhood trauma, physical, sexual, emotional, the deep embedded belief in people who fear intimacy is people who I am close to cannot be trusted and I'm reading this and I was just I just read this didn't look further but I just said that um so you know like I'm very into self-sabotaging not in the most like not that I'm so fast I'm fascinated with it because I know that I typically do it but if you are able to, but I feel like it's so, it's such an eye opener because if you are able to, to identify with it, then you are able to stop yourself when you are doing it. And ever since I have stopped myself from self-sabotaging, I've been getting my butt up and going and doing stuff. <laughs> and the opportunities that have arised while I've been doing this has been plentiful. 
So all you have to do is identify with it. And I love to talk to people about, you know, self-sabotaging. And I love, I get in, I talk to it with my significant other and, you know, make sure I get him to identify, you know, when you do this, make it be known, you know, that might be a form of you being, um, you know, fighting yourself or fighting me in that relationship or fighting your family member or fighting with the career choice or fighting with all these things. So you have to get it before you get real deep in that rabbit hole of self-sabotaging. So um, because early trusting relationships with parents or caregivers were broken by abuse, people who fear intimacy believe that people who love them will inevitably hurt them. As children, they could not um, extricate themselves from these relationships. However, as adults, they have the power to end or leave them even when they are not inherently um, abusive. So that is really, really uh, powerful thing about, you know, with the childhood traumas and everybody had a childhood trauma in their life, you know, or memories that they, it's a significant time that has happened to them. And, you know, some people can't remember some stuff. Some people put it out of their brain and memories, but it still is a memory that they carry on to their characteristics and how they live their life. And I hate that. I I hope that's the one thing I try to do like what as a, a parent uh, myself I try to make sure I eliminate any type of traumas my son can ever have and I don't want him to bring those into his life when he get older and it and it it turns into a negative characteristic for him and for somebody that loves him um, so we're going on to fears this fear appears in two types fear of abandonment and fear of engulfment. And the first people are worried that those they love will leave them when they are most vulnerable. And I just feel like I'm I feel like I'm just reading about somebody, but it's just funny. But okay, so they feel like people will leave them when they're most vulnerable. That is correct. And the second, people are worried that they will lose their identity or ability to make decisions for themselves. You know, like that is pinpoint point pin. Like I feel like I heard somebody tell me this to my face and and I was just trying to figure out what is this that is happening? Like what? It's got to be a, you know, it's got to be a word to define you. And I found it and I'm so fascinated with it. So And second, people are worried that they will lose their identity or ability to make decisions for themselves. These two fears often exist together, leading to the push and pull behavior so typical of those with deep fears of intimacy. So the signs, there are many signs. So, And uh, the most common sign is you're looking for exit. So you avoid anything that leads to bigger commitment, meeting parents, moving in together, etc. You always wonder, if this goes wrong, how can I extricate myself easily from this relationship? 
Because commitment reduces your ability to leave a relationship without financial or emotional consequences, you tend to avoid it. You might start pulling back from the relationship or start to become distant. In cases, you might start avoiding spending time with the other person. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse who ain't whose aim is to deny the other person's reality or experiences. For example, if your partner says, I'm really upset that you canceled our date, you respond with something like, you're not really upset. It's your fault I canceled, and you're just trying to blame me for it. Gaslighting is a sign that you don't really believe your partner's feelings are valid or real, even though they are. Gaslighting is a very dangerous thing because you can literally tell somebody something and make them feel like they are crazy for thinking or believing what they're believing and typically that happens when someone is doing something that they ain't supposed to do and they're trying to manipulate you so you can be like well maybe I am overreacting about that time that you came home and you had perfume on you and you was at the club and I said it was some girl on you or you wasn't at the club and you was at some girl's house. (laughs) And, you know, you got all the details, you got all the clues, you got all the evidence. But they telling you, if I was at the club, it's going to be females. So, yeah, I might smell like that. I might do this. You crazy. You you blowing out of proportion. It's late. You, You just woke up. You know, like somebody can talk you out of your thoughts. So that's a very, very dangerous thing to do. It's a very, very bad thing to do to somebody that loves you because you don't want them to sit here. You got them questioning themselves because they questioned you, but they was really right. So that's crazy. Okay, so um, also we said they be a player because they don't want to be committed, so they, they do whatever. They don't want to settle down with somebody, and they just have sex with other people to not feel like they are tied down to that person. Um, jealousy, you know, it speaks for itself. Um, you look for perfection in your partner, so you've been very critical. Even though you know perfection is impossible, you find fault with every little thing they do from the way they cook, wear their clothes, you are impossible to please. Your partner eventually gives up and breaks up with you. Avoidance. You spend a lot of time trying to convince yourself that your relationship is perfect, even when it's not. When your partner wants to address a problem, you avoid the topic. Say, I don't think we're having an issue. It's going to go away. Grudges. Holding grudges against your partner. The anger um, never really goes away, and you just start to resent. Um, and then promiscuity is, you know, when in some cases having sex with other people is okay. When both agree to, uh, going from a fair to fair can be a sign of self-sabotage. You're doing one of the most hurtful things you can do to a romantic partner. It helps that you'll find your way out. Low self-esteem. We talked about that. Um, and you can project that onto somebody else or you can, that can cause jealousy and um, uh, trust issues with self-esteem problems. So one thing that I feel like um, a best thing 
So we talked about all of these bad things of self-sabotage, and we just we really pinpointed in on uh, relationships. But so what I think you can do to prevent this or to call yourself on it. So to end self-sabotage, you first need to take a good hard look at yourself and your behavior and your patterns. So identify with identify with it. If I just say everything that you or your significant other or a loved one you know does, then you identify with it. Unless you're willing to be honest with yourself and face all the ways you may have abused or hurt other people because of your fear of intimacy or your fear of being loved by somebody, you are doomed to repeat it. Therapy is the first step. So you can go to a therapist. I have no problem with therapy. I always say I want to go to a therapist, but sometimes I can talk myself and read up and get myself going again. But that's just me. Other people need to talk to people about it. So therapy is the first step many take to end their self-sabotaging patterns. A professional can help you identify with your behaviors, dig to the roots of your issues, and find new, healthier ways to behave. And they have so many. They have like a a app for therapists. Uh, You can go online and find therapists. There's many therapists around. I've, I've called the therapist before myself, but it wasn't for... It wasn't for myself, it was just for like motherhood and stuff like that. So um, that's a very good thing to do. That's one of the first things you can do after identifying. Um, you can take responsibility or you can just go down to the, the and go in. What I like to say is get to the core of the problem. So when did this first strike you? And what, who, who did it, who made you develop this, you know, type of lifestyle and self-sabotaging can be a lifestyle because it turns into the way you act in your everyday life. It's your everyday lifestyle. Um, and that it's a bad thing, but it's, it's just something that happens so you got to get to that core and talk it out talk to that person get it all out and it'll make you feel so much better and you will probably run into reasons why something happened that you viewed and seen and you took with you for the rest of your life and you might view it in a whole nother light you might get a better explanation and then you'll be like well you know what I've been looking at this wrong all these years and now maybe I can just relieve myself of so much like weakness I've had for myself to not move and do things that I could be enjoying. Um, so you taking responsibility in order to overcome it in relationships, you need to be able to acknowledge your role in damaging your relationship. No relationship is perfect, but you are always going to feel disappointed if you keep setting yourself and your partner up for failure. Tackling these problems means that you need to be willing to be vulnerable and recognize your own issues with abandonment and rejection. So, letting go and opening up 
and getting the help you need. One of the mo- one of the main problems of self-sabotaging is that we behave in the present as if we current as if the current situation was the same one in the past. It can be childhood or past adult relationships. Learning to say that was then, this is now. That is a that is that is that was then, this is now can help you make decisions that are based on the present rather than reacting blindly based on what happened to you in the past. One of the hallmarks of self-sabotage and fear of intimacy is the inability to talk about your feelings and your problems. You avoid talking about these things because talking means feeling. And you want to avoid feelings, these things at all costs, expressing your emotions Your fears and your needs will not only help you identify the problems, but will also help others understand you better. The reason why people self-sabotage, the reasons are understandable. So it is important to treat yourself with kindness. This is why I say don't beat yourself up about it because you are already fighting yourself. But you got to go kindly into it. So, okay, I identify. Yes, I do self-sabotage. Okay, what do I need to do next? So, the next time I feel like I'm self-sabotaging, let me motivate myself to move past that. So, I'll say that was then. This is now. So, we dealing with a new situation at a new time. And I need to go with this, follow this, and improve myself and just progress from here on out. And don't move and take two steps backwards. Remember that it is okay to get help seeking therapy or simply a kind and friendly ear is the first step towards freeing yourself from self-sabotaging behaviors and relationships. Be kind to yourself and accept that everyone needs help once in a while. It's also important to work with your partner, being vulnerable, letting the other person understand this side of you isn't easy. But letting them in can help break those those patterns of self-sabotage and that was from very well mind and i really like how they broke that down self-sabotage is one of the the most you know the hard the hardest things to identify and if you are able to have the time to just sit down and you know look at your 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 traits that or look at your patterns of what you've been doing in the past and just try to reevaluate things and get a better understanding and I always say you might have a tunnel vision you might be having like a a narrow vision I always used to say my daddy had a narrow vision for everything I said my daddy's vision is narrow like he can't see nothing but what's in front of him he gonna see the the side the side no because my daddy used to be very strict he used to say, you know, if you do this, this is going to happen. And it's always a negative side. And I always was like, okay, but if I do this, you don't know that's going to happen. Like, come on now. Let me live my life. But I always said my daddy had a narrow vision. And so narrow meaning like you don't have, you don't see the better outcomes of situations and so if you are self-sabotaging a relationship, that means that you don't think the relationship is going to last or you don't want the relationship to last. So you do things to sabotage the relationship or put the relationship in jeopardy. You don't want to do that. 
Nobody wants to do that. Everybody want to be blinded by love. And sometimes it's good to be blinded by love because that is a very, very, very wonderful thing to be blinded by. And, um, but I say this, I say that to say this, you know, you can be better and you can better yourself if you just take the time out to do some self-care, mental care, and mental care has got to be a whole nother, you know, top, a whole nother situation because mentally things, when you have a mental lifestyle, a mental um, traits that kind of set you back a little bit. You got to think about, okay, what do I need to do to change that? First of all, I know I got something wrong and it's not necessarily wrong, but something was a little, little off with me. And I got to figure out how I can turn that on and, and be a little bit better and a little bit more kinder to myself and then I can be kind to myself and also can be kind to others. So not necessarily in a relationship. We're talking about everyday life, your loved ones, your friends, career, co-workers, everybody, your family especially is number one. And then you can just live your life a little bit more easier after you knock that one little problem of self-sabotaging off. And it, it doesn't take overnight. It's a process that you have to go through. But the process in itself means that you are trying and you will get better if you keep at it. And you are very, very consistent and people help you be persistent and um, and just self and having a, be- a better, higher self-esteem. But that was one of my favorite topics <laughs> to discuss I like personality I like mental I love all of the you know the psychological um topics and I'm probably gonna talk about something else that's more mental also um I probably want to get with like I don't know my next episode is gonna be something cool too but I'm so glad you guys tuned in to talk to me about self-sabotaging. Remember, be kind to yourself and just take it step by step, one day at a time, you know. And I cannot wait to chat with you guys again on my next episode of The Wine Chronicles. Thank you. Hi guys, thank you for listening to that episode of The Wine Chronicles. Also, make sure you listen to my last couple of episodes that I've had. Um, and you will be in for a treat. I hope you will learn something. I hope you learn from this last podcast. And make sure you follow me on Instagram, The Wine Chronicle part Podcast. <laughs> the Wine Chronicles Podcast. It's going to be in the description on my profile and you guys can just follow me on there. I will give you updates on the new episodes. I will ask you what I should talk about if you have any questions on what we're going to be talking about and just make sure you 
have your notifications on on my Instagram. And you make sure you tune in on Mondays and Thursdays, Sundays, for new episodes of the Wine Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.